Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Wednesday, March 11th, 2020, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to talk to you. Uh, how's, how's everybody doing out there health-wise? Are you, know, are you everybody feeling all right? No, no, uh, yeah, I, don't have my, uh, I don't have my white suit on yet. Or my, no, no hazmat, no... Uh, no, no hazmat part. white suit on, but yeah, everything I think is going all right. Well, you I know, mean, it, it, we don't mean to laugh and we don't mean to make, make light of a serious situation. Obviously, a lot of things are being canceled and a lot of things are being uh, postponed. And we'll get into that a little bit later, uh, but... Uh, you know, obviously with the, the coronavirus going going on and spreading, uh, it's something we're, we're trying to keep aware of and, and whatnot. Uh, let's, let's focus on baseball first, and then we'll get to the coronavirus stuff second. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, uh, what's the latest and what have we heard uh, about the, the Indian starter and, and what his chances are of, of making the opening day roster? You know, I think they took a turn for the worse there, Joe, today. Uh, the Indians announced that Carlos, um, you know, received an injection in his right elbow uh, to alleviate uh, some inflammation in there, and he won't throw for the next couple of days. But this is a guy who's made just one start on March 3rd. You know, this is his second injury, second setback of the spring. He had the uh, strained right hip, hip flexor early. Now the elbow, I just don't see how he's ready for opening day unless – they put him in the bullpen, but he's he's not going to take a regular turn in a rotation. I can't see that. Uh, well, as we've seen, if if anybody can get through this and get back on the mound and get out there, it's going to be Carlos Carrasco. I, I don't think uh, you know a, a little bit of elbow inflammation is is something that that's going to stop him from ultimately getting back on the mound and starting a game during the regular season uh, for the Indians. So it's you know how durable he can be and how yeah. how much he can contribute. Uh, Tito was asked last week, you know, what does a healthy Carlos Carrasco mean to the rotation and mean to the team? And he said, you know, 200 innings uh, as a as a goal, as, as something that like what Carrasco, when he's healthy, could give the Indians. Uh, that seems like a, a bit of a long shot at this point. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, if he opens the season on the DL, what, that's 15 days? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to probably rehab a little bit, or maybe he stays out in, you know, a good year when the team breaks camp and is making minor league starts. Then, if he if his elbow responds to treatment now, 
and he's ready to go as soon as he comes off the DL. So, you know, this is a setback, but I don't think it's a, a, a huge setback. It may prevent him from, you know, reaching 200 innings. But, uh, you know, I think uh, when you look at this rotation, it's suddenly, very, you know, it's pretty young rotation with Kluber and Bauer gone. Uh, and I was, I think they were counting on uh, Carrasco kind of just to settle things down, not to be the lead dog starter, but be the second or third or fourth guy in there that, you know, you knew what you were going to get every, every fifth day. So, you know, they're going to miss that until he's, he's ready to uh, give that to him. Yeah. I, I wrote in a, in a roster projection piece uh, yesterday uh, that I thought both Carrasco and Clevenger, you know, would get through whatever injuries they had and make the opening day roster. Uh, you know, that doesn't look like it's going to be the case with Carrasco. And that sort of uh, almost guarantees that Aaron Savali and uh, Zach Plesak now will both make the the roster, make the rotation to, to start with. Uh, I think uh, Adam Plicko pretty much had his, his position in the rotation secured, uh, not just by his performance, but by the fact that, you know, he's out of options. And, and the only way they can keep him is if, uh, if they, they put him on the roster. Yeah, I think uh, you know that that's a good uh, a good way of looking at it, Joe. Uh, you know, Savali, I thought his pitched really well. Right. You know, like uh, with Carrasco, he had a setback with the groin injury, <clears throat> and uh, has made two you know good starts. His last start was really impressive. What six strikeouts in three innings? I yeah. think. Uh, so uh, you know he he did a nice job there. So he's progressing well. And Plutko's been solid. You know, you've got Bieber there. And now, you know, you've got to fill some holes, you know. You, you, is it, is it uh, uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez? Is it Logan, uh, Logan Allen? Uh, or a guy like maybe kind of, you know, a dark horse, maybe Scott Moss? Right. Uh, you know, out of those three, so just based on spring training performance so far, uh, you, you'd, have to, you'd have to think, uh, you know, Rodriguez might get the first crack at it uh, just by where <clears> – <throat> Tito has used him and started him. He's, yeah. he's made the most starts. He's gotten the first opportunity at, at all those to, that, to to sort of step in there. So it looks like, you know, the way that the coaching staff, the organization thinks that, that Rodriguez might be the guy to, to get that first crack. Yeah, and his numbers haven't been pretty. You know, they've, they've, no. been, they've been spring training ugly is for sure. Um, and even on for spring training, they've been on a little bit, you know, on the, on the ugly side. But like you said, he has – you know, he has, what, he's made three starts, four appearances, three starts. You know, he's pitched a lot of innings. I think, you know, they kind of trust him based on what he did last year. So, you know, I think that goes a long way with Francona and Carl Willis. And they probably know him a little better than they know Allen and, and Moss. Right. What, uh, just as a, as a quick aside on, on uh, Rodriguez, where do you see him ultimately fitting in with it? I, right now, he's sort of like a, a Zach McAllister to me, uh, uh, as as far as you know how he's being used and what what the the club thinks of him. Is he a starter? Is he a reliever? You know, it, for my money, I I would like to see him coming out of the pen at some point during the season, give you one or two innings, uh, you know, throwing ninety eight and, and and just you know being being effective in that role. But it looks like they just keep trying to keep him stretched out and using him as a starter. Yeah, I think so. You know, McAllister was kind of a one-trick pony. You know, he, he always tried to develop that second or third pitch, and it never came around. And, you know, when he was on with his fastball, he was very, very good. And, and for a one, one inning, one and two-thirds, 
But when he wasn't, you know, the ball t- tended to go in the opposite direction a long way. So hopefully, uh, I think they think, you know, Rodriguez has the ability to throw more than more than his fastball. He's got to, you know, he's got to work on his, you know, secondary pitches. But uh, I, he, I, that wouldn't surprise me, Joe, if he ended up in a role like that where, you know, he's kind of a, a bridge to from the starter to the uh, to the back end of the pen, a one or two inning guy. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think he really has the makeup for something like that. So, uh, all right. So, uh, Carrasco down for at least a few days throwing after an injection in his elbow. Uh, Clevenger, uh, sort of. He he's he's throwing live batting practice. He's he's throwing bullpens. This is you know twenty four twenty five days after after surgery on his left knee, and. You, you want to talk about a guy who is beating timetables to get back on the mound? Uh, Mike Clevenger looks like he's 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 at it again after last year with the uh, the shoulder injury. This year he's he's coming back you know quicker than I think anybody anticipated. Yeah, he is, and you got to give him a, a lot of credit for for the way he's he's went after this rehab. My my question is, Joe. Usually, you know, you need. 20 to 25 innings if you're going to be a starter in, in spring training. I just don't know if the calendar is working against him to me. And I just don't know if he's going to, you know, he's, you know how pitchers build up. You know, they go from bullpen to live BP. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you, you, uh, you throw two innings, you throw, you know, four innings, three, you know, three, you know, three, four. It's, it's a progression. And I just don't know if he's going to have enough time. And, um, you know, does he, you know, and, and I'm sure they're not going to push this guy. You know, they know he's <clears throat> kind of a wild horse, you know, that he, he wants to get out there and run. But I think, you know, you really have to be careful with a guy like this, to me. At least. Well, I, it, it looked like he was in line to, to throw a bullpen, uh, or I'm sorry, throw live batting practice by the end of this week, uh, according to what we were hearing out of, out of Francona the last couple of days. Uh, if, if that's the case, if he throws a couple of live batting practice sessions, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe by the end of next week, he could, he could possibly be looking at the next progression, which will be getting an inning, uh, in a, in a spring training game. And if that's the case, if you've got him throwing any innings, uh, in the next week or two, uh, I think he breaks camp on the, on the roster and they, they slow play him until they can get him a, a start at the beginning of the regular season. I'd, I think that's a possibility, at least. Yeah, I think I think you know I think there's a chance, but just you know just the way these guys go about things, I just think you know I I think they're going to err on the side of caution. They always do, especially with a guy like this who you know is really a valuable asset to them. Right. I think he opens on the I I you know the IR, but I mean there's a chance he could he could make it. You know I think there is. The, the thing about spring training, and especially kind of a shortened spring like this one was, when you have a setback, and this wasn't a setback, this was surgery. So, right. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, you're right that, that he makes it back and everything, he's 100% when, when the bill rings. All right. In the meantime, the Indians today announced uh, 13 pitchers were reassigned from Major League Camp uh, down to Minor League Camp. Uh, I mean, I guess – these are cuts from the major league spring training camp, but you know, these guys, a lot of these guys really didn't necessarily project as guys who were, who had a chance to make the, the opening day roster to begin with. 
Uh, let's just really quickly run down the pitchers. Argenis Angulo, Kyle Dowdy, Jared Robinson, Delbert Siri, and Jordan Stevens. I don't think, with the exception of, of maybe Angulo, uh, he was really the only one who might have had an outside chance to make the roster uh, out of the bullpen. The rest of them uh, are all you know prospects who are, are you know, have a chance to contribute maybe at some point uh, if, if things get desperate during the season. But I don't I don't see a lot of those guys as as major league ready right now. Yeah, no, I I think uh, you know Angulo had that terrible outing his first time out and right. uh, gave up five, six, seven runs, something like that. But then he came back and pitched pretty well. I mean. You know, this is a guy that's been in the organization a long time. He's he's gone to the the uh, Florida, ins- I mean, the Arizona Instructional League. So he's kind of a guy that you look at. And what Stevens had the flu, I think, and he only made one appearance. Right. Albert and and Dowdy are kind of guys, you know, that, you know, okay, you know, you kind of, you know, guys Dowdy. that may, maybe. Dowdy, they're they're, they're high on. They're high on. They like Dowdy's arm for sure. Yeah. He, uh, he started the the Triple A championship game last year for him. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, and he he had been. Uh, I think he was a Rule Five draft right. pick. They lost somebody. him, and then they got him back. And they so got him back in the after the Rule Five draft. So they like him, uh, obviously. But it, it, it was time for him to go down to minor league camp and start yeah. getting regular innings and stuff in. Uh, as far as position players go, Gavin Collins, Ernie Clement, Wilson Garcia. Uh, Nolan Jones, Tyler Krieger, Mitch Longo, Connor Maribel, and Kai Tom. Uh, now there are some names on there of, of, of guys that, that actually, you know, that sort of, uh, situation where you come up and these are guys who Tito always likes to say their season isn't going to be defined by how they perform in, in spring training. And he, and he's right. They're going down to, to get their work in now on a regular basis, but, uh, a guy like a Mitch Longo or a guy like Kai Tom uh, really sort of, you know, impressed and, and made a name for himself uh, in those spring training games uh, that he got a chance that these guys got, got a chance to play in and, and really sort of performed well. Yeah. Those guys did nothing but help themselves. You know, I mean, you, when you, I mean, I, I guess you come in there and you're, you've got nothing to lose when you know there's 10 outfielders on a 40-man <laughs> roster in front of you, and you're, you know, in there as a non-roster outfielder. But Longo and, and Kai Tom played great. You know, they really, both of them, you know, Longo really, he doesn't get cheated. You know, he, he really, you know, he, he's a better offensive player than I thought. He really drove the ball, and he can run. Uh, Tom hit great, played a deep, good center field. Um, you know, so yeah, th- those guys were impressive. I didn't see Maribel too much, but you know, he's a guy that's that's been in the system for a while, been to the uh, Florida, I mean, the Arizona Instructional League. So he's a guy they they've got to like, I I would think. And, and like like you were saying, Ernie Clement is your guy, right? Yeah, he, I, I, and and he played well. He he came up with some actually some big hits yeah. late in some of those games. Now, granted, you're doing that against not necessarily uh, big league talent when you're doing that late in major league. Uh, spring training games that are taking place early in camp. Uh, but, you know, Nolan Jones, top prospect in the organization, uh, he gets a chance to come in and spend a couple of weeks with the big league camp. And I think offensively, at least at the plate, uh, he did what his profile sort of projects him to do. He he got out there, he drew walks, he got on base, he scored yeah. runs. Uh, really impressed with the way that he handled the strike zone up there, controlled the strike zone, and and got on base 
pretty much every time he got into a game, he was, uh, you know, either a, a hit or a couple of walks. And uh, that's exactly what the Indians need is a, a guy that can, can put that, you know, on base percentage way up there and get himself on base and, and score runs for him. Yeah, no, he did a nice job. And, and Wilson Garcia got some big hits. I think he's a little older. You know, right. I, he, he was a, I think they got him in a rule five draft a couple of years ago. Uh, but he, you know, he swung the bat well. He got some big hits. It was uh, at the the minor league rule five draft. Yeah, the minor league yeah. rule five. Yeah, uh, and and he played first base though, so it's not like he's yeah. gonna, he's he's more of an insurance policy than than anything else. Exactly. And Krieger has been around. You know, he hit the grand slam uh, earlier this week. So you know, he I think he. What he played for Team Israel in the uh, World Baseball Class. Yeah, I was going to say it's uh, he uh, th- he was in camp because I guess all all sixteen teams that played in the twenty seventeen World Baseball Classic are automatically qualified into the twenty twenty one World Baseball Classic. Now they're adding four more teams, but none of the teams that are are trying out for those final spots uh, are are going to be the ones from the previous. They're already in there. So oh yeah, Team yeah. Israel's already on. If he if he makes Team Israel, that's fine, but that won't be until next year. But yeah, that's uh, you you were wondering if he was going to miss time in camp if, if Team Israel had to requalify, but no, they don't. And and there he was. He's uh, he's he's you know in camp now, heading down to minor league camp to to get his work in there with the rest of these guys. Yeah. So they got forty five players in camp. So uh, you know you got to get it down to twenty six. So that was a big cut. Thirteen guys. Usually, you know, I don't think, you know, that's a big one. Now they start drips and drabs probably. Right, yeah, and, and it's it, those were the obvious ones. You've got to keep uh, at least uh, the number of, that, that they're at right now for the next couple of weeks because you don't want your, your starters like Lindor and Jose Ramirez and, and Carlos Santana playing nine innings in spring training games. You want them basically playing their, their four, five, six innings and then getting out and, you want to have enough guys to turn over a roster and have, uh, you know, all backups in the game by the end of the game. Definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to keep some catchers. So there's still a bunch of catchers in camp. Uh, well, uh, Gunquan Galigilao is, is still on the roster. I, I, tearing, I the, tearing the cover off the ball. He is. The, the catchers are having a little trouble with wild pitches or pass balls. So, I mean, I guess late in the games, it, it gets a little, it's, I've noticed it's, it's been getting a little, uh, Little like dicey back, there. like the Wild West back there. It's just they're shooting all over the place. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, as but as far as the you know the first two catchers on the roster, uh, I think the Indians are are in pretty good shape with uh, uh, the way Roberto Perez and Sandy Leone are going to be handling this pitching staff this year. I, I I really think that they did a good job upgrading there at that spot with uh, with Leone. Yeah, and he's thrown really well too. Him and Roberto both have thrown. You know, you don't see too much. You know, too much throwing in spring training. But when they've when they've tried to run on both guys, they've they've cut. They've been uh, they've paid the price. The opposition. So they both have good arms, and uh, you know, obviously they they've worked worked with. You know, they they have good reputations of working with pitching staffs. All right. Well, let's get into some questions uh, that were submitted. Uh, via your subtext account here, uh, Indian subtext with, with Paul Hoynes. Subtext is, uh, you know, a subscription uh, process that uh, you can, uh, um, I can, I, I will, you know, text you, you know, kind of 
you know, just uh, little little bits of information, uh, give you a heads up on breaking news, give you some of my observations on, you know, the games, the performances, who's hot, who's not, who's playing well. Um, you know, uh, like uh, today with uh, the Carrasco news, you know, you would have had that first. Uh, you know, we, we you would have you know had that before it hit the. Uh, you know, on the internet or gets in the newspapers. So, it, you know, it's, it's just, that it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I send out about two or three texts a day. You can text me back. You can ask me questions. You can ask me, Hey, Hoinsy questions. It, it costs, uh, $3 and 99 cents a month. It, and, uh, you know, you can stop it at any time and it's, it's well worth it. And you have some, uh, you know, you can get some discounts on there, you know, for, uh, our, uh, our breakfast on our opening day breakfast on March 26th. So it's a good thing. I think you, Indians fans will enjoy it. All right. You can sign up for a 14 day free trial uh, using your phone number. If you enter it into the, uh, the text box uh, uh, below on this post, or you can text Hoinsey directly at 216-208-4346. 216-208-4346 is the number. Uh, for Paul Hoynes and Indians subtext. Paul, why don't you fire off a, a Hey Hoynesy question, see, uh, see what we got from our, our listeners. Okay, this is from Steve Frost uh, from Petersburg, uh, Virginia. Why can't the Indians move Savali to the bullpen? He certainly can pitch to three batters or more and, and maybe pitch two innings a game. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. I, you know, I think, you know, Savali, I, I think – you know, Steve, he can certainly do that. But right now he's a starting pitcher, and they've got a shortage of starting pitchers, and uh, I think he's going to stay in the rotation. Uh, uh, they've, got a, they've got a bunch of relievers in camp, and, they'll, and I think they'll find somebody to do the job that you think Savali should do. Right, and, and uh, like you said, uh, the guy who's basically spot he's, he would be taking right now, Carlos Carrasco, is actually even more suited to go back and forth between the – the rotation and the bullpen because he's done it before and they know what they can do there. Okay. This is from Andy Meese from Sandusky with the Brewers uh, paying Christian Yelich deferred money until 2042. Could the tribe front office and ownership do the same thing for Francisco Lindor to keep him in Cleveland? Well, uh, you know, you know, Andy, you know, I, I sure they could offer uh, they could offer uh, Lindor uh, deferred money. I, they may have offered him deferred money in the in the, the, the negotiations that just came to a halt. But you know, and, and here's a case case in point when 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 the Dolans were uh, when 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 Manny Ramirez left uh, the Indians, you know, in the '90s to to sign that big deal with Boston, it turns out. That uh, they the Indians actually offered him more money than than uh, than the Red Sox, but most of it was deferred, and Manny didn't want it that way. And I think most players, I mean, they'll they'll they will defer some some money in the contract, but they, they want their money up front. They want their money where they can see it and feel it and put their hands on it, and not when they're you know collecting it when they're fifty years old. Now maybe that's a smart move, but. Most of these guys want the money up front. They'll defer some of it, but not the majority of it. Right. Uh, it's the uh, the old the New York Mets and Bobby Bonilla. Um, what's the uh, the contract with him? Yeah, that's he, right. He's still getting paid. Right? Like, he's getting paid for another 
uh, you know, 10, 20 years, something like that. Uh, yeah. Deferred money sounds great if you're a fan and from, from the team side, but if you're a, uh, um, a player, you're, you're exactly right. You want that. You want the money over the course of the life when you're playing, not when you're retired. That, that, that just makes most sense. Here's a question from uh, Josh, from Josh from Orville. Do you see any scenario where Bobby Bradley makes a team out of spring training? From what I've seen, he's taken the next step. Plus, he's proven everything he can at AAA. Not to mention Domingo Santana looks lost at the plate and the field. Oh, what do you I don't I, I don't know that Bobby Bradley's proven everything he can prove at AAA. I, I think uh, he could always go back down there and, and work on, you know, his, his ability to get on base and his ability to control the strike zone. He's always going to be a 100-plus strikeout guy in, in the big leagues, I think. But uh, I don't see a scenario right now where he makes the team unless uh, something catastrophic happens to Carlos Santana. I think that's the only way. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I think if Bradley could play the outfield, he'd have a better chance. He's, you know, he he seems to have enough problems, you know, just playing first base. So, you know, I think uh, it, now he could contend uh, with Domingo Santana for at bats at DH, but you know, I don't think they they signed San, Domingo Santana just to be the DH. They signed him to you know play some right field to move around, uh, you know, to to so. Francona could uh, manipulate him. Now, could you do the same thing with Bradley and, and Carlos Santana? Maybe, but uh, I I agree with Joe. I, I just don't see him opening the season in Cleveland. Now, he could get a chance like he did last year uh, and come up sometime during the, during the year. And uh, hopefully, you know, this, this spring training he's had, because he's had a great camp, is a springboard to – him, you know, playing well at Columbus and, and then, you know, bringing it, bringing it to Cleveland. And, and you know what, if not the, there are 29 other teams that we're watching him, you know, put up the numbers that he, he has so far in spring training. And if that could, you know, make him a valuable asset in a, a trade conversation, then that's something they can look at too. This is, this is from Andy Madden and streets, Anthony Madden and Streetsboro. Streetsboro. Uh, depending on Oscar Mercado's injury, could the Indians bring back Yaziel Pui? He's still so much better than any third option they have. Uh, and he has, you know, the, the talent to hit 25 homers and drive in 80 runs. Wow. He can't play center field, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we've, we've, it's almost like we get asked this question every week about Yaziel Pui again. Right now, I don't know why he's not in camp with somebody. That just doesn't make any sense to me. He should have been in camp three weeks ago with somebody. But, uh, I, yeah, the ship has completely sailed on Yasiel Puig, and we should not be t- discussing him anymore on this yeah. podcast. There's just, there's just no reason for it. Yeah, and I don't think Mercado's injury is going to, you know, no. linger. I, I mean, maybe, you know, I, maybe he misses – maybe it's, it's a touch and go if he makes the opening day roster. You know, maybe uh, – but I think he'll be back in time to open the season with the Indians and, and be playing almost every day in the outfield. I don't think – you know, wrists are tricky, you know, especially for hitters. But uh, I think uh, I think he should be okay you know, uh, in, in a week in a week or so, within a week. 
the real question or the real problem with with Mercado is, yeah, he could be back after after this this sprain, this injury, but is he going to be as effective as he, he was? He was hitting well. He was playing well in center field. You know, it was a continuation of what he was doing at the end of the year last year. He, he really has sort of figured things out and found, you know, what's what works for him. Uh, but like you said, with this wrist injury, if things change, if his mechanically, if things change with him uh, because he's favoring it or whatever, then, you know, that could make him less effective. And are we going to get back the same Mercado that we had, you know, prior to the injury? Yeah, that's a great point. And you see so many players when they get a wrist injury, it kind of alters things. They kind of switch, change their swings. It hurts. You know, they have a hot spot in that wrist where it hurts. So hopefully, you know, they make sure he's 100% before before he gets back in the lineup. All right. Okay. Well, uh, there's a, a great uh, group of questions there from the uh, the the subtext uh, folks who will listen in. Uh, again, submit your questions to Paul uh, through subtext, and we'll get to as many as we can during uh, each week's podcast. Uh, camp surprises. Uh, obviously, uh, the big one that stands out, we talked about Bobby Bradley. We talked about uh, the way he performed. But uh, Fran Mill Reyes right now is – uh, is this going to be the Fran Mill Reyes that we see during the season? Is this the guy that uh, – could he hit 40 home runs for the Indians based on what you're seeing in spring training so far, Paul? I think he certainly – what, he hit 38 last year or whatever, 37, 38. 37, yeah. San Diego and the Indians, I think he's got that potential. You know, I think there's always – you know, with, with the guy that has a great spring, there's usually a little dip when the season starts. You know, the only guy that, that really didn't do that – you know, it was Carlos Santana last year. He had the great mm-hmm. spring, and he just carried it right into spring training. Uh, I mean, into the regular season. And I think uh, I think Santana, I, uh, Fran Mill Reyes is in a good spot. Um, I just think you know he, he like you know like we've talked about. He worked hard in the off season. He's he's getting a chance to play the, the outfield, if not on a regular basis. You know, on a you know two, three, four, maybe two or three times a week. I think that's going to keep him more engaged. You know, he's – I think he's just used to his surroundings now, and I think that that plays a big part in it. I think, you know, I, you know, he certainly should be a guy that hits between 30 and 40 home runs a year, Joe. Who uh, who does he necessarily remind you of right now? Uh, it's early – I mean, he's 24 uh, years old, early in his career, but what could you see him projecting? Who could he compare to? Uh, you know, just from, from the Indians from the last 30, 40 years, uh, you know, that, that you've seen, where does he fit in with this? That's a great question. I, you know, just from his size, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, it's, it kind of reminds me of Richie Sexton. You know, Sexton was like, what, 6'8", six, 6'7"? Six, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't as big as Fran Mill, but he turned into a hell of a power hitter. Once he, you know, he had a year, but then he went to Milwaukee and Seattle, right. hit a bunch of home runs. Um, you know, probably Richie was, you know, he was a first baseman. So I, I never saw Richie play the outfield, but he had that kind of power. But, you know, I'm just thinking physically, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, the Indians have really never had that, uh, you know, defensive end type uh, physical profile out know, there. CeCe Sabathia, that's well, what yeah. he reminds me of. But <laughs> CeCe was a pin- – well, CeCe thought he was a hitter. He could, he could swing the bat. 
Hey, he he hit a he hit a home run in uh, Los Angeles that I think is still going out there in Chavez Ravine. So, but he's like, I mean, Reyes is huge. I mean, right. I'm trying to think when I first saw Ron Kittle, he mm-hmm. kind of was that size, but he was never that big. You right. know, but but Kittle when he came here, uh, he played briefly in Cleveland, and I just remember hitting home runs in in, in spring training that were unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Albert Bell had a big spring uh, in Tucson when he hit 10 or 11 home runs and, and made the club. Uh, but, but Albert and, and Reyes, body-wise, you can't even compare them, I don't think. No, Albert was more like a linebacker than, uh, yeah. than anything else. So, yeah, I just I, – I, I'm, I'm it's easy to sort of romanticize and, and see what – what Reyes is doing right now and just sort of fall in love with it and hope that it projects out over the season. And, and he just becomes this like cornerstone, uh, you know, right-handed power hitting bat that you can put fourth or fifth in the lineup and just, you know, leave him there for, you know, three, four, five years and, and hope he just, you know, just hits like that. But yeah, that's, that's sort of what I was getting at was, was, was maybe those, those comps to, to Albert maybe could, could work out, but, you know, Albert was just such a so clinical and such a technician about the way that he hit. And I don't he know was if we, intimidating. He, right. I don't know if Reyes is. Oh, Reyes is a teddy bear. He's, I mean, he scared. He scared you when when he came to the play. Right. Reyes he scared me when in the locker room. <laughs> he scared everybody. Uh, but no, I, I I I'm just excited to see what Reyes you know brings to the to the regular season for a full year this year. Uh, and there's going to be some swing and miss. We all we we all have to acknowledge that. Right, right. He's but break out 150 times, 140, 100, maybe more. But, but I think the plus side of that is, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of upside to that. You know, right. Joe, I want, I want. What do you think? You know, this is. Uh, I've noticed. I think Lindor is hitting third for the second time in his. You know, they had the off day mm-hmm. Tuesday, but on Monday he was he hit third against the Giants. He's hitting third again today. What, 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 how do you like that? How do you like that? What do you think about that? Or as opposed to him hitting leadoff? I, I still, I don't like Lindor hitting third. I, 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 I like to see him in that leadoff spot. And, uh, you know, this is a guy who scored 120 some runs a couple of years ago yeah. from that spot. This it was a major part of the offense. Uh, I also kind of don't like Jose Ramirez batting in the third spot either. I, I, I'd, I'd rather see Carlos Santana in that third spot, but, uh, you know, it, it, to me, it looks like he's he's trying to get a feel for what uh, Hernandez can do, uh, Cesar yeah. Hernandez can do at the leadoff spot right now. So, uh, and and hey, so far he's he's gotten on base. He he's done exactly yeah. what you know he's as advertised in terms of his ability to get on base. So yeah, he walks. Uh, he'll get hit by a pitch. You know he's <laughs> he you know he can he swings a bat pretty well. Uh, that's an interesting and then it's an interesting concept. To have four four switch hitters batting right in a row. I mean, that's could could you do that during you know like if you look at that lineup today, uh, the lineup they're sending out against Kansas City that right. almost looks like the opening day lineup. Right. Here's the lineup: it's uh, Hernandez batting leadoff, playing second base; Carlos Santana playing uh, first base, batting second; uh, Francisco Lindor shortstop, batting third; Jose Ramirez batting fourth and playing third base. That's the one that I'm I'm sort of. It, it, again, I, it's a spring training lineup, and yeah. I don't think Jose Ramirez is your number four hitter. 
Uh, Framo Reyes, DH, uh, batting fifth. Roberto Perez, sixth, catcher. Domingo Santana in right field, uh, batting seventh. Jake Bowers in left field, batting eighth. And Delano DeShields in center, uh, batting ninth. I, I think against a right-handed starting pitcher uh, during the regular season, that that could be definitely the bottom third of the lineup that you would yeah. you would see. You know, I'm uh, thinking – with the Tigers, the Tigers probably would sta- start They're starting Matthew Boyd, Boyd right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what? What's? I mean, you could do that. You could do the same thing, couldn't you? I mean, you've only got one left-handed hitter in there with Bowers. Could, yeah. Well, but you're not going to play. You're you're not going to put Bowers in left field against a left-handed pitcher. You're going to put Luplo in left field. Yeah. Right. 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 You yeah. would. You would probably have, and and Luplo would bat you know, seventh or eighth in that lineup. There's no two ways about that. Uh, But yeah, you're, you're talking four switch hitters to start. And and on a day when Sandy Leone, you know, subs in for Roberto Perez, you've got five switch hitters in the lineup. That's more than half of your lineup. Uh, Hernandez, Santana, Lindor, Ramirez, Reyes, Perez, Santana, Luplo, DeShields. That's a, that's your starting nine right there on opening day. If, if, uh, if you had to open the season right now, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, against, against Matt Boyd and the Tigers, yeah, right, yeah. And, and we hear that Matt Boyd's uh, found his curveball again. So holy man, who knows? Yeah. Uh, um. All right. Yeah. Uh, as as far as uh, you know, opening day coming around, it's going to be weird for us if if the uh, if the restrictions on locker room access are are, are continued or kept up through the beginning of that uh, that opening day there. Uh, what's the latest, and what what have you heard, and and what are you anticipating as we head? You're heading back to Arizona at the end of this week uh, to to be around the team, but as of right now, uh, six to eight feet at all times, Paul. Remember that. Uh, get your measuring yeah, tape. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Joe. I don't know. I mean, it's you know, the locker rooms are closed, um, and I, I understand it. I, I you know I I I get it. I I recognize the seriousness of this. You know, I'm just wondering, you know, and call me, uh, I have, you know, a skeptic or, but, you know, MLB is the player, the players have been trying to get us out of the locker room since I become, <laughs> since I was a, since I started covering baseball in 1983, they, uh, they have li- tried to limit our access to them. And I just hope, and I, I, you know, and I hope people recognize this. I recognize the serious seriousness of this situation with the, the coronavirus, and I, I know, I, I understand it, and uh, I feel for the people who are suffering with it, but I just hope coming out the back end of this thing that the access re- returns to normal, and uh, we're not, we don't, uh, you know, kind of get shut out of this, and we just have a, an interview room for people, because, you know, being in the locker room is, you know, I mean, it it really helps you as a reporter. You, you've got to be able to work the room, and talk to different guys and, and, uh, you know, just work on different stories ahead just to get a, a vibe for the, where the team is. And that's important. And if you close the locker room, we lose that. Right. It, it, it also sort of helps promote, and, and this is going to sound weird, but stick with me. It also sort of helps promote competition within our field as well. You know, if there are reporters who only have access to the same sound bites from a, a player or a team official, a guy that you can't take off to the side and, and talk to on your own 
or work an angle that you don't want another reporter, you know, knowing that you're working on this particular story or whatnot, not in an adversarial way, because we get along really well with a lot of the, the reporters who were in, in that room with us. But I, we don't always want to all be working on the same story at the same time. And that's when you limit that, you, you sort of cut down on the rich sort of tapestry of, of what reporting on baseball is and, and what we can offer these guys. There are, are stories that are going to get left on the table that, you know, wouldn't be as good if, uh, or, or wouldn't be told the same way if, if access to that locker room is, is limited or cut back uh, on a permanent basis. I, I really hope that MLB recognizes that, uh, you know, the NBA is, has taken great pains to say this, this temporary situation, temporary uh, conditions with, the, with uh, locker room access in the, in the NBA. I haven't really heard that sort of lingo uh, used uh, talking about MLB. Uh, like you said, if they make a change, it's not like it's in a, in a lot of ways when you negotiate changes like that, it, it, they don't ever go the other direction. They, they don't, uh, um, you know, ever get put back on the table, I think. Yeah. Well, we used to have, you know, when I, when I, you know, we used to have, uh, uh, access after batting practice. We could go in for a half hour after batting practice, and uh, that was negotiated away by the players and the owners in a, in a, the basic two, two basic agreements ago. So, you know, that's the danger. And, uh, you know, this is, this is real, and uh, this is something, you know, we have to be vigilant about. But obviously, you know, it, with an epidemic like this, or if you want to call it an epidemic, you've got to be very, very careful. And, respect the team and respect the players uh, as long, you know, as, as when this passes that things return to normal. Right. Yeah. Like you said, when, once you give something like that up, it's hard to get it back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So we covered coronavirus. We've covered locker room access. Uh, Paul, Hey, just wanted to mention, uh, you touched on it earlier, the, the opening day breakfast coming up on, March 26th, still a chance to, to get uh, tickets if you, if you want to log on. Uh, opening day breakfast, 7.30 a.m., March 26th. Uh, you can use the uh, code EARLYBIRD for a $5 discount on, uh, on tickets uh, to be taking place at the Music Box Supper Club. It's you and Terry Pluto and me and Doug Maurice, and we'll be up on stage taking questions, talking to fans. Always a great time. Uh, really looking forward to that event. Uh, it should be bigger and better than ever this year. Definitely, Joe. It's always fun. It's always a, it's always a blast. All right. Uh, well, uh, you next time we talk to you, uh, you should uh, be back out in the desert uh, with the with the ball club, and we'll uh, we'll know a little bit more by then about what the rotation looks like. Uh, really looking forward to getting back into it. We're in the the home stretch here, right before the start of the season. Yeah, it's uh, now you know you start. To, the team really starts taking shape now and they, they, they've got to get, get down to 26 players and, you know, you've got a good feel for it. And you did a great story yesterday on, on your uh, roster projections. And I think you're very close. Yeah. I think I might have a, a little bit to, to change around in the, the pitching rotation area now. And yeah, now but that's, know. you know, that's fluid, you know, that well, I, mean, I, the caveat was as long as Carrasco and Clevenger were healthy, but yeah. Know, so we'll see. All right, uh, moving forward, we'll talk to you again next week here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. All right, Joe.